Underdog Sports, but we came here to win. The most legit podcast, that's why we know you're tuning in. We cover the biggest news, we underdogs, but we can't lose. So trust the process, yes you, because we got Chris and Anshu to bless you. With the best features, best stories, we diving deep like a Lambo leap. Wake up, kid, and stop snoring, we on point just like this beat. Bring the passion like the talk path. In the cold, get a gold brand. Sit back and raise the cat, because we start this show like right now. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of The Underdog and Chris Horwardale joined by Anshu Khanna. Anshu. Chris. How you doing? I'm doing well, relatively speaking. Yeah. How are you doing? Relatively speaking is really the important caveat there. I yeah. Agree. Me as well. Yeah. It's been a weird, weird set. I mean, we were just saying this before, but like, yeah. it seems like each week, even with nothing at all going on in the topic that we're supposed to be talking about here, uh... It's gotten weirder and weirder and, I mean, more bizarre and, I should say, worse in most scenarios. I simply have no idea what you're talking about, aren't you? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm worried about getting uh, getting into any of that. I'm not uh, not interested in that. I once made a comment uh, – I, I got a comment on the NFL show at one point saying, uh, I'm not going to listen to the show anymore, just stick to football, don't talk about politics, something like that. Mm. And uh, went back and listened to the episode and the comment I made, which was, happened after a very significant event, so I felt like it was worth you know, at least broaching over, was that maybe our leadership isn't the most honest we've ever had. Nothing oh, more significant wow. than that. And, uh, you know, it drew some uh, – drew the ire of the listeners, so we're not to, not going to do that here. Uh, this is, for us, really a tale of two sports today. Anshukana, we've got one who's doing all the right things with uh, progressive and intelligent leadership, and then there's baseball. <laughs> let's let's talk about baseball first because I think the basketball uh, the basketball plan is going to give us a little more meat to get into. Baseball is a uh, it's a clusterfuck right now. Uh, <laughs> genuinely <laughs> concerned about whether or not there's going to be baseball played this year. We saw. Today that uh, Ken, Rosen Ken Rosenthal said on the athletic, uh, the Twitter that well, I feel like Bernie Sanders on the Twitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Major League Baseball. Careful, you might get the draw the ire of our commenters here. Oh yeah, eliminate school debt. Um, <laughs> that the Major League Baseball will not be sending a counter to the union's proposal of a 114 game season. They much prefer. And we'll be holding strong on a shorter season than that. I don't know. We've we've previously seen that 50 was a last resort, but it kind of seems like by last resort they meant their intended plan. Uh, mm -hmm. And I just – I don't know what's going to happen right now. Where do you think baseball is headed? I think we're going to get a season. I think it's going to be a severely shortened season. If it's it's going to be, I think, between 50 and 82 games. Mm -hmm. I think Jeff Passon was on with – Scott Van Pelt yesterday, I think I saw. And what's the difference between 50 and 114? It's exactly 82. So maybe that's where they land, even without a counterproposal. Like, I mean, I think that now they'll enter in the negotiations. And I'm hoping we get 82 games. Just think of a 50-game baseball season. Like, yeah. you can see it in the NBA, but a 50-game baseball season is so short. It's just so, like... It changes the season, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it'd be like having a, I mean, it'd be like having like a five game NFL season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not really a fair comp. And I mean, it's already going to be asterisk and whatever. And 50 games is better than zero. But 
I think that that's, that's the timeline that, or like the amount of games that people like Ricketts of the Cubs have said is like the breaking point between being a break even, uh, you know, proposition for the owners versus like losing money. I mean, I have a really hard time buying that, but I did yeah. not privy to their financials. And I don't know. I, I mean, I think that if it's, as long as the players are getting their fair shake, I think that it's, it's fine. And they, and I mean, again, we've talked about this from the beginning, but like the players have real, like any game that they play is better than no games that they play, you know, right. like even for the sake of like, you know, standing up for yourself, I, I they have to play or play or else they're not making any money. And, you know, that's aside from like the general competitive spirit of the sport. And we know, with basketball coming back, that there should be ways to get around the coronavirus concerns that might, uh, you know, be a part of any solution. So, again, baseball is just doing this so wrong, as you said so well at the beginning. Like, they've just completely bungled this in every way. They had the the world in front of them as far as being the only game in town. They're an yeah. outdoor sport that's very low contact. I mean, they easily could have made this work. We've seen it in the KBO, and they're just trying to find ways, it seems like, to mess this up. What does your gut say? You think a season will be played. What does your gut say on when it will return? Well, we talked about this last week, and I, I mean, I, so basketball's coming back July 31st. Yep. I think baseball would have to happen before then. Mm-hmm. They did have the spring training, but they also have the, you know, the disadvantage of the fact that pitchers need time to ramp up. Like, I, I mean, I get why the NBA is waiting that long because like they really want to like get their facilities in order and you know it is a high contact sport um and you know they're already almost done with the season so there are some logistics to hammer out but like for baseball I mean they're you got a field you can play mm-hmm. and so I mean there's really no reason why aside from the pitchers that they shouldn't get out there and go so I would still guess you know I think that there's the reason why we're hearing things like final proposal and stuff like that is because they know the time is nearing for when they need to get it going or else they just can't have a season, even an abbreviated, a super abbreviated season. So I think that, uh, I think that the plan is to start by, you know, early to mid July. And we've heard, you know, seeing 4th of July as their goal. Mm-hmm. I would say that it's likely if they play, they got to start before the NBA. And, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm optimistic, not in MLB's leadership, but because the players need, need it. And I think that they'll just ultimately give in on some of the stuff that they've been demanding. You're right. You know, some money is better than no money. And it's, it's funny that the guys who have come out and said, Oh, I'm, I'm so worried about this proposal being unfair to us financially. They're not the guys making three hundred and forty thousand exactly. dollars a year. Those exactly. guys want to go play, and it's the sport is predominantly made up of those guys, right? And I do, I did wonder, um, and I still do wonder if, like, if it's a really disadvantageous proposal towards those top tier players, if those guys don't end up showing up, like particularly the pitchers, you know, oh, well, like I mean, how can we play baseball without Blake Snell? <laughs> or Chris Archer, for example, getting the surgery that he needed to get done yeah. and will be out for this season. I mean, I, I just it would not surprise me if pitchers protect their, themselves, and I don't blame them, but that doesn't mean that it should stop the other players from playing, you know? And I'm not even saying it's a, an equitable solution, but mm. I just think they can they can easily cobble together 25 or whatever, 40-man rosters if need be. 
hey, if you don't want to play, don't play. You know, and uh, yeah, I, exactly. I think I think that was part of the that previous proposal where the players would have the right, right. to opt out. So. Right, right. Exactly. If, if they're genuinely concerned about their health, then so be it. You, nobody mm-hmm. is going. Nobody's going to be angry about them not. Well, I mean, that's that's a lie. Of course, fans of teams <laughs> will be angry, but the the general consensus will not be that this is a selfish person, but this is a person who's looking out for themselves and doesn't want to take the risk associated, and as is their right. And that is not stopping the league from playing. It, it, if nothing else, it's just creating the opportunity for other guys who maybe wouldn't be on an ML roster to get a chance to play. We can live with this. We can, you know, we can live with this, with this for fifty to eighty games or whatever it is. Fifty games mm-hmm. is weird, though, man. It's it's going to be strange yeah. to look back at the league leaders and see, like, you know, uh, player X led the MLB in home runs with sixteen. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be for sure a, a really it's just a complete oddity, which sucks too, because like we're all you know we love this stuff and we like saying, oh, this guy had you know. 840 home run seasons, whatever the case may be. But, you know, I think we'll all take, you know, 50 to 82 games over none, obviously, at this stage. So, yeah, there does need to be a giant asterisk that goes along with the season, though, especially if it is a 50. Because, you know, a guy can start out hot. It wouldn't be shocking to have a guy hit 425, 430 over 50 games. I think Fangrass did a really interesting analysis too from like a team success perspective. I think it was Jay Jaffe. He did. If you took any given 50 game sample mm-hmm. of the teams, like how different their performance would have been from their best to their worst. And it was even the best teams, like it was stark, the difference. I mean, and so 50 games is like, you're right. Players can get hot. I mean, what, look, <laughs> the playoffs are usually what at most 25 games for a team right or yeah. something and so like in that in that vicinity that's half of what this regular season would be and you can <laughs> yeah. so and think of how different the the approach is in the playoffs for teams right they run their guys into the ground i mean it isn't it basically is like a 400 yard dash like a sprint slash run and i i wonder if that'll change you know the way the whole season is played obviously plus you're trying to protect the health of your players I just, it's going to be, it's, I, I can't even imagine. I'm excited for it, to be honest, but I can't. Mm-hmm. And plus, let's not forget that the divisions will be totally different, too. So sure. there is just, there's a lot of things that we have to, uh, you know, just cognitively dissociate from. But it is what it is. And I think we'd all root for something to have, just for some games, instead of for baseball to blow it for themselves. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, we could potentially have, a month in October where if everything lines up correctly, we would have NFL football, the NBA finals, the world series and the Stanley cup finals. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, October's already amazing. And I mean, we'll see about NCAA too, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm more optimistic that that's going to happen now than I was a few weeks ago for sure. I'm interested to hear yours. Cause you, you definitely, it seemed like we're not thinking that it would happen. Certainly not without, with, without fans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would just add to October. That, I mean, it's going to be, and I think college basketball would probably get ramped up around then too. So uh, it would just be insanity. Yeah. I think it's, is it November for college basketball? Cause it's a lot of like Thanksgiving tournaments. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It probably sounds right. Yeah. We're, get, we're getting in that area. I look. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Good call. I, um, Oh, God. 
I have a hard time with this uh, in terms of collegiate sports being played. I think you're mm-hmm. probably right that there will be college sports this year. I think it's a selfish and uh, I don't I don't I don't want to jump to borderline criminal, but inconsiderate act by colleges because those games are not being played because they want to give these kids an opportunity to play sports. They're being played so that they can make the money they had allocated in their budgets. Football. The, but isn't that always the case? Of course it is. But college <laughs> is supposed to be about the about the kids. And I know that that's, you know, something of a naive perspective because that's not really the way it works. Mm-hmm. But I, and I go back to what I've said numerous times. I understand professional athletes taking the risk and making millions of dollars. These college kids are taking, I would argue, a much greater risk considering the larger number of rosters and where they'll be living for nothing, for the sake of the university. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I, I mean, totally from like a, now I don't, I mean, you say naive, I mean, you know, we basically, when we talk about college sports, we're basically talking about the like 0.001% of players usually, mm-hmm. or, you know, 1%, not like every single team or every single player. I mean, and, for those guys, I totally agree with you. But for like that small, small percentage, you know, they're, they are, this is their education is like mm-hmm. trying to improve their draft stock or, you know, trying to get in the reps or trying to get that title because this is it for them, you know? And so for some of them, I think, I think probably for most of the athletes, they would prefer to play it, it rather than not. And I don't think that they, they're going to be required to obviously they feel like they're in any sort of danger, but I, I definitely hear you on that. I think that it's, it's a little short sighted. And I wonder if like if they weren't cash cows and I mean, Oh, it'll be interesting. Cause I think the gauge is like what happens with other sports, you know, like, I mean, will other sports come back? Will we have, will title nine be in place for these, you know, like, yeah. I mean, will we have, will we have to have all the other sports being played? I highly doubt it. And I think that that's indicative of what the universities actually think about sports. Yeah, it's just what happens when Trevor Lawrence gets coronavirus? Right. Is there football played the next week? I mean, I think for anyone that's not on Clemson, probably, or whoever Clemson plays, you know. I I mean, I'll be fascinated because it's inevitable. It's inevitable that we're going to see athletes get – the virus. And as we've talked about with the NBA, they have to have a plan mm-hmm. to keep things going because if you let one case of coronavirus shut the league or, you know, the conference play down or the team even play down, it's going to be disastrous and the optics are going to be horrible. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit uh, about the NBA's plan for how they want to treat positive tests in just a second, but I, I just don't understand it. I don't understand if, how for a disease that we know can be asymptomatic for, you know, potentially the entire course of a person having the disease, how do you let one positive test not shut down an entire team? It's just too big. It's such a big risk. Totally. Because we know that even fever testing or like, I'm not, I'm not even, we, I don't think we actually know if, if you get tested whether or not you might be like a carrier, right? Like yeah. you could not test positive, but be a carrier for it. And I think that that's, those are the issues. And again, I, I've kind of compared this probably terribly to <laughs> the acknowledgement of the risks associated with head trauma in yeah. football. 
like, I think that it's kind of similar in that, like, you acknowledge the risk going in. Like, you, if you don't want to play, if you know you're Trevor Lawrence, you know Trevor Lawrence has it. If you're Travis Etienne, do you want to play again next week? You can choose not to. Um, or, like, if you're a player on another team, I mean, that's the really unfortunate thing is if you're a player on the other team, you're putting yourself at risk, right? Mm. Because you're playing against a bunch of carriers potentially. And that's, you know, that's tricky. That's a really tricky, tricky road to navigate. It's a great question. Oh man. I, uh, I don't know. I'll tell you what, if baseball is the sport that bungled this the most, I think hockey comes in second because <laughs> we just, we just genuinely, generally don't care about hockey in America. And I know there's, mm-hmm. there's a, a very vocal minority who would disagree with that and you know, more power to you if you're one of them. But it's by far the fourth most popular sport, and there's an argument to be made that you know soccer is even approaching the the same popularity as hockey. Uh, and, I was and, golf, golf. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's it is there is not a big there's not a clear big four anymore. Hockey has been relegated into that second tier, and you know they had the opportunity to get market share that they they're never going to have the opportunity to get again, and mm-hmm. they they couldn't figure it out, and the, you know. It, that's such a problem, and and I've said it on previous shows, but I don't think I watched a hockey game last year. And if the Flyers and and the NHL were the first team to come back and the first sport to come back, I would watch every game. Totally, I I agree. I don't know about every game, but I'd be watching, especially like in the throes of this thing. They were just that the world was begging for someone to aggressively try to figure this out. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, we, that's with us acknowledging all the risks tied to this. Right. But like there were ways, there are just ways to do it. And I think these big team sports just, they weren't trying to get creative enough. And the best we've had has been Adam Silver. And, you know, even immediately we asked, you know, when is the first, one of the first games we're going to get the answer is basically August. Mm-hmm. And, that's uh at least for now we'll see about baseball but that's i think if you had told us in march that we wouldn't have <laughs> sports till august it would have been pretty depressing um that they couldn't figure out some way around it can i say i don't know that that's necessarily the case because i think that my assumption when all of this happened and we realized the gravity of it was that all the sports that are currently being played their seasons are over so mm. If if you would have told me sports in late July, early August, I may have actually been positive about that just because of hmm. how pessimistic I was about the returns. Well, especially the NBA. Yeah. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. No way. And, you know, I, no one's talking about this. And I guess the logistics of it would be such a nightmare. But do you think there has been discussions behind the scenes trying to figure out a way to, to get the NCAA tournament played? Oh, man. That would have been awesome. I'm sure they tried. I, I think that they killed that off pretty quickly, though. Which oh, immediately. I was a little bit discouraged about because they could have done – I think they could have done something, you know? Like, you telling me you couldn't do a tournament in Maui – or not Maui, but, you know, like somewhere with all – maybe not all 64 teams, but you couldn't have done like a 17, 16-team tournament or mm-hmm. something. I mean, that's such a shame for the for the kids, obviously. Um but yeah, I, I mean, I've like you want to talk about money grabbing NCAA people like That's that. True. That was a great chance for them to capitalize on that. So it, they were probably looking at this like there is just no, absolutely no chance of this happening anytime soon. Yeah, it's fair. All right, well, let's talk about this. The sport that got it right. The uh, news came out today that the NBA 
the NBA plan is basically set in stone. It'll be approved officially tomorrow at uh, during a 12:30 Eastern time conference call. But the uh, the assumption is that it's going to be overwhelmingly approved. We're going to have basketball back. We're going to have basketball back on July 31st. There will be an eight-game regular season for the 22 teams who are going to be involved. Uh, any team who is within six games of the nine of the eight seed in the playoffs will be invited. That is one Eastern Conference team in addition to the playoff teams, the Washington Wizards, and five Western Conference teams. I don't think this is a coincidence, by the way. The the uh, Portland Trailblazers, New, uh, New Orleans Pelicans, Sacramento Kings, San Antonio Spurs, Phoenix Suns. So the NBA found their way to get Zion back in and uh, to capitalize on that. And that's fine. That's good. We all want to see Zion play. Um, as I mentioned, eight-game regular season. There will be the potential for a play-in tournament that includes the number eight and number nine teams if the ninth seed finishes the regular season within four games of the eighth seed. If that's the case... Uh, the eighth seed enters a double elimination tournament and the ninth seed enters a single elimination tournament. Basically, the ninth seed would have to beat the eighth seed two times in a row to get, uh, without losing, or without, to get that uh, eighth seed in the playoffs. Cool. That'll be fun. It'll be, people will be playing hard. The, the sites are going to be in Orlando, as we know. Is there, and I guess the quarantine, the uh, quarantine stuff is the other interesting stuff. The NBA is planning on having uniform daily testing for the coronavirus within the Disney campus uh, environment. If a player tests positive for the virus, the league's intent would be to remove the player from the team to quarantine and treat individually and continue to treat other team members as they play on. And obviously all of the social distancing stuff is very much heavily in play. It's going to be heavily governed and that will also carry on to the employees at the Disney resort where it's all happening. What's your take? I'm just, I'm glad they got to the end of the, I mean, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel now Yeah. Um, that we, that we talked about, I think every week I I'm very impressed. I, I don't think that it was as complex a solution as uh, maybe they made it out to be along the way in terms of creative ideas. I mean, they basically are, are doing what we thought might be the plan at the very beginning. And I think that's a good, I mean, that's fine. Whatever it takes, man. Like, and so, I, I am dubious that players are going to be able to manage being at this facility at the resort yeah. for the entire, God, it's going to be potentially July 31st to October is what, three months? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a long, long time for multi, multi millionaires to be stuck going nowhere else. But then again, you know, hypothetically, they've been doing that already. So, um, you know, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I just, don't know. yeah, <laughs> in a beach right. town too, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I think that, um, you know, a lot of this depends too on like how things go for the country relative to coronavirus over the next few months. Cause like I could see some of the standards being relaxed for worse, probably not for better. Yeah. Um, but I like at the end of the day for the fans, it's great, but the players, especially the ones on teams that are going to be potentially in this thing for the long haul, it's, you know, pretty, pretty huge sacrifices like personally. And so, um, but you know, I think at the end of the day, like the reason why this is likely to be roundly approved is that it pretty much makes everyone happy, like including the fans of really crappy teams like the Bulls, for example, mm-hmm. who don't have to watch their terrible teams slog through eight games. 
Um, like, I mean, I think that it's going to be really, those eight games are going to be probably get better ratings than the last 20 or whatever remaining games would have gotten anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much the money, how much money the NBA is going to lose, if any. They, they might end up seeing massive rating gains actually just kind of postponed. So I, I, I like the overall idea. Um, we'll see how it looks like from a, a league perspective. I saw that they're trying to ship courts over there. Did you see that? I didn't see that. that. They're going to, they're going to ship, have teams ship their floors down to Orlando oh, for wait. like playoff teams to try to give it that sort of home court feel. But I mean, you know, as we talked about last week, like not having home court advantage is going to be a massive disadvantage for the top four seeds on both sides. Overall, I like, I really like it. I'm interested to see how in shape the guys are. I think that having this much time in between is going to get them up to speed rather quickly. And, um, they'll, they should be ready to go. There's not a lot of excuse for rust. And then it's just, how do you manage the people who potentially test positive for coronavirus? Yes, yeah, scary thing. And by the way, I shouldn't say beach town, but you can be to Tampa or you know Daytona Beach in basically an hour. Right. So, so plenty of opportunities. Beach state. Beach, yes. Yeah, so, so there's there's plenty of water around them, and there are beaches on both sides. Uh, it's mm-hmm. man, it's going to be fascinating. What did you think of the 22 team? Uh, we saw a 24 team. We saw a 30 team. We saw a 16 team. What do you think of the, them landing on 22? I mean, it's exactly what you said. Like, I think it, it balances things nicely in terms of getting all the stars they want out there. Yeah, I'm sure they'd like to see some of the bigger market teams like New York and Chicago, but like, it is what it is. I don't think that you're going to lose a ton of viewership by not having those two horrible teams, you know, there. And I, I mean, I think that call, cutting the league, the people that you need to be concerned with down by what, 30%. I mm-hmm. mean, that's 30% of the teams is a good thing for the NBA logistically. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that they balance it really nicely and it makes the regular season matter. Those eight games matter. It's not like a four game exhibition. I mean, they're going to go in and just get going, you know? And I think yeah. that that's, that's going to be a really cool and, uh, incredibly highly anticipated thing. And by the way, that, that bottom part of the league, that bottom like 25, 27% that isn't going to be there. They're the they're the people and the teams that weren't really going to care anyway because they're already exactly. out of it, right? And I think you could argue about the Wizards. I did, that was yeah weird. This, within six games was I think it was a clear, very very obvious um, like let's not show just how incredibly dis, you know disproportionate the competitiveness is on these two with these two conferences. You know, at least throw one extra in there. But we all know. The real, you know, the actual fans know, like, it's a West-driven league, obviously. Yeah, well, and it's interesting that it stopped where it did, right? Because, like you said, one, there needs to be an Eastern Conference team. And uh, <laughs> and two, that next team that would have been included is uh, partially owned by a guy who was not super excited about the proposition of teams playing basketball right now with the Charlotte Hornets and Michael Jordan. Right. That allegedly was the big – he was the big vocal – um, proponent against it, against, you know, having the, the bottom teams in the league. It sounded like Bulls ownership was in favor of going, but like interviews with individual people within the organization didn't want to go there. And so, I mean, I'm sure they did all the legwork that they needed to. And, you know, they got to a place that they, that they knew was the best number. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, I think including the Wizards was a, 
pretty clear, um, you know, shot at just trying to add an East team. But we are we sure? I, I saw today is John Wall's not going to be playing, right? No, he's already, already ruled out wrinkle. that he won't. He's not going to play this year. Okay, that would have added a fun wrinkle. But yeah, yeah, and allegedly he's in you know shape to play. So it's uh, it's, it's that Clay Thompson thing where Clay also would have been fine to play, but you know, and Kevin Durant, I guess. But what? Why risk it? Right. Um, it's just, I don't know. I, 22 is great, but I would have, if it was me, it would have been 20. Uh, it's, it's, it stinks that there's not an Eastern Conference team in there, but if one of them deserved to be there, they would have been. I don't like I kind of liked the idea you put forth though last week. Like, I'd prefer to see all of them than 22. Yeah. Just like let it be a tournament, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't need to watch the Wizards or the Phoenix Suns play basketball again this season. <laughs> The Suns will be interesting. They had a pretty decent start. I think that they'll, I'm not saying that they're going to make it or, you know, that they're going to make any noise, but, mm-hmm. you know, like you got, you got a chance. I think, again, this is the big difference between the NBA and MLB. Adam Silver, keenly aware of who his young stars are and putting them in front of the country. Smart move. Like, I mean, get Devin Booker out there in front of the country. Get, you know, whether it's DeAndre Ayton or whoever else, get some different types of organizations out there. And, uh, I'm excited about it. Yeah, look, I, I get it. I just, I don't know. Why, why are the Washington Wizards playing basketball? I, look, I, I guess, you know, Kelly Oubre is going to be healthy again, so that, that Suns team could potentially be interesting, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, I hope, you know, each team's going to play eight games, and I, I pray to God one of those Philadelphia games is not against the Suns or the Wizards, because I don't, I don't need that in my life. Um, how do you feel about this eight game, this eight game conclusion to the regular season? In terms of that, the number, I think that that, I think that's the right, I mean, I guess I, you could have cut it to four or six, but, um, you know, they obviously want to get the players back in shape. I think eight's probably a few too many. Like, you'll still get a little bit of the player rest stuff with eight games. Um, but, you know, like, there, I, I think that that part of it is probably a little bit of a money grab, and I can't blame them at all. Like, you've lost months of the season this is your chance to recapture it and let's call it what it is. I'm going to watch all those games, you know, like, yeah, I think that that's going to be, especially if baseball's not around, although I expect it to be like, that's going to be fun to rewatch to, to see LeBron and those guys back on the court right away. So well, especially, I think, I think that players will, sorry, the teams will treat some of that as like exhibition games, you know, like they're definitely not going to play all their guys all eight games. Oh, I, that's the point I was going to make is that especially mm-hmm. teams like the Bucks and the Lakers that have basically locked up first place already. Like, why would you treat this as anything more than like an NFL preseason where you play the guys a little bit, you keep ramping them up, but they're never going to play too much and you're never going to risk anything. Right, right. I mean, I guess they could have just not played it. Um, but yeah. like they were, I don't know how many games are left in the season off the top of my head, but like, I think that. Or like how many would be, um, but it, it varies playing, team to team too, which is messy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know that evens it out. It's probably clean to have eight games with a you know even number of teams, and um, you know it's. I mean, it's going to be. I'm sure by game four or five, either they're going to be ramping up or ramping down, and it's all just going to be about the playoffs. But that's all right. Like we're going to have meaningful basketball. Looking at this off the top of my head, and I, I very well could be wrong. It seems like. Some teams have played as many as 67 games. That would be like the Dallas Mavericks. Other teams have played as few as 64, uh, mm. which is the Clippers. So 
Yeah, I mean, these, we're going to end the Jazz as well, and the Thunder, and the Rockets. Um, <laughs> basically, the Western Conference, with the exception of the Mavericks. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to. It's going to be strange that we're going to see teams play different amounts of games this season. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. Um, again, an asterisk statistically. But... Oh, Lakers are at uh, forty. Uh, Lakers are at sixty-three. Excuse me, that's the new, the lowest I see. They're probably excited about yeah. only having to play, <laughs> you know, seventy-one games if they were locked down. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of just like the, I, you know, and it's not just about the teams and the players. It's about the NBA getting its legs under itself and the telecasts mm-hmm. trying to get a feel for like how this is all best going to look in the come playoff time, because it is new. Like we joke about this. It's preseason for everyone stuff. <laughs> you know, people say, especially in the NFL, but like, it's like, this is going to be just a total oddity for most people. It's highly unlikely that it's going to be super smooth right off the bat. And so eight games times, you know, however many, I think what that's 88 games, probably if my math's correct there. So that should be enough to get, completely up to speed for the league going into the playoffs. Well, and it's going to be really interesting to see how abbreviated that schedule is, how much they try and cram it all together to get to the playoffs mm-hmm. as quickly as possible. And, you know, we're going to have this this weird uh, potential, like, March Madness kind of feel to the, the schedule with games starting at, like, random times during the day because they only have two venues or three venues. Right, right. They, um, like, it sounds like, again, the phrase I kept seeing was summer league like summer league style. And so I expect that. And I know that they said they've placed game seven's end date as October because October 12th, they yeah. want October 12th to make sure that there are no back to backs in the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, barring unforeseen circumstances and Lord knows over the last few months, we have to get used to the possibility of that. I mean, I think that, um, like that's the plan, right? That we're not going to have, a ton of games, but we could definitely have teams playing every other day throughout the, you know, throughout the playoffs. And that could be a really wild scene. Yeah, this is going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. It's, it's great that as of tomorrow, we'll officially be on the clock to a league returning. Two Um, months. Well, it's, (laughs) it's going to be weird, but it's also weird to think that these guys will have been not playing basketball for four and a half months between games. That's like more than their normal off season, isn't it? I think I mean, it. I, yeah. Well, talk about this next off season is going to be interesting. But uh, yeah, we're yeah. we're going from March 11th to July 31st. That is more than four and a half months. Man, yeah. Because if you think about it, it's usually what the NBA Finals specifically ends in June, mm-hmm. and then you know you get back October, uh, like Halloween usually. So it's. That's like three. It's basically less. Yeah. I mean, at least for the teams in the finals, that's a really shortened off season. So yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be really weird. It's going to make next season, as you point out, really weird, but I think it's good that we're crowning a champion, especially, you know, it's hard to ignore the fact that LeBron is 35 and, you know, and like there aren't going to be a whole lot of these chances for him left. So it's good that we're going to get, even with the asterisk, we're going to get a chance to see if he can, do it uh, with his new team. Yes. So we'll have what? We'll have the NBA draft lottery in in August. We'll have the draft probably October 19th would be my guess because it's going to be about seven days after the, the last game of the NBA finals. Mm-hmm. And then, yep. oh man, we'll have summer slash winter league in <sighs> in November. And then we'll have training camp at the end of November. And then – 
and then the regular You've season. You talked about Christmas Day opening yeah. up. Yeah. By the way, my prediction, and I I started saying this as soon as all of this happened. My prediction is from now on, opening day in the NBA will be Christmas Day. I mean, it's it's it makes sense. It's already made sense, but I think it makes even more sense now to do it that way because this schedule is just going to be so skewed. And then Adam Silver can capitalize with like that mid that off season tournament idea that he's wanted so badly over the years with like the summer league to sort of ramp it up a little bit or, you know, more, you don't have to fight football either. Yeah. That's, that's a really good call. Yep. That's it. Man, opening day on Christmas day would be so much fun. It'd just be way better. Yeah. It always falls early, doesn't it? Like October. I, it feels appropriate to me because it's fall, it's basketball, um, mm. but but I don't mind it being you know the end of winter. I, I, I my preference obviously is that it would be Christmas. I think that that would be incredibly fun. You know we so we'd watch we'd start basically three months later, which means we'd end about three months later. So the end of the season would be July, August, like the NBA Finals in September, just as football starting. Mm. Yeah, and that would be great because then you capitalize on how unpopular baseball is. <laughs> exactly I mean, <laughs> right. I, but honestly, like it always feels like when the NBA season ends, that is the dead time. I mean, we know this yeah. to give people a peek behind the curtain, like doing a sports podcast. I mean, that is the dead time in the calendar for sure when the NBA ends. And so to have like a full overlap of basketball to football would be extremely ideal and just a disaster for baseball. I feel like financially it would be good for us as well. So, uh, that's yes. a, a nice little <laughs> bonus. Yes. Um, last thing in two, three minutes here, do you have any feel at all or any preference at all for who the Chicago White Sox pick with the 11th pick in the first round of the major league baseball draft? I'm so glad you asked that. I thought that for sure we would, we would just never talk MLB draft, but um. Yeah. Let's let's talk about. It. There's well, this. <laughs> when is it? It's the tenth or the eleventh. It's a week from today. I believe. It's okay. So we can actually talk. We we can actually talk about the the baseball draft, assuming that we're we go on Tuesday next week as as a regularly scheduled. Yeah. Yeah. We we should do a little bit of that just to get people like it's again. There's such few sports, so you know that's anything we have is is good. Um, you know what but, teaser? This is a teaser. Then this this is this feels appropriate to me. Let's sure. let's yeah. open the show next week with Anshu's thoughts on uh on the baseball draft and I will try to chime in as much as possible. For we saw the the first of uh of the major prospects decide to pull out of the draft today. LSU commit a high school star mm-hmm. Dylan Cruz, who was rated number fifty three by Baseball America, decided this isn't worth it. This draft plan is silly. I'm gonna go to college for three years. So uh good for you, Dylan. And uh Well, probably for like two years really, but yeah. Well you gotta be three. <laughs> Right, right. I mean, he'll probably only play. Well, we'll see. Uh, well, he'll probably play next who the, spring, right? Who the hell knows? What happens? It's gonna like it could, it could, it could be gone, or we could all be dead because of carnivore rats. I just, <laughs> I'm not ruling anything out at this point. Oh man, yeah, or other causes, but we won't go down that road for the sake of our comments. <laughs> yeah, it's good a time as any to wrap up the show for. Uh, so that's been this week's episode of the Underdog for Anshukana. I'm Chris Horvidal. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here next week.